Warhammer fantasy news, hobby, lore, and more. Welcome to the War Games Orchard with Nathan and GJ. Maybe a little overzealous. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. My name is Nathan and I will be your host today. It's been a little while since you've heard my voice on the main channel. And there's a couple reasons for that. Firstly, I was on vacation all of last week. And before that, I was finishing up what was basically my summer internship, although kind of also regular job at this point. And I had a whole bunch of projects to wrap up. But that is all done now, so I am back in the saddle, back in action. And actually, it is GJ's turn to be on vacation this week. So it's just going to be a little old me for this episode. We're kicking it old school. I even got some fun Warhammer history for you today. We're going to be looking at the history of the Flagellants from 3rd to 8th edition. It's a really interesting unit that changed a lot over Warhammer Fantasy's run. And we're going to have a lot of fun picking that to pieces before we get into any of that, though, let's talk a little bit of news. A big piece of news for this week is that there is a new episode out on the Patreon. It is the second episode of bringing you the holistic army book reviews of the Hero Hammer era. So that is looking beyond just the rules and how they work and how they function, but looking at army books as a whole. So the art, the lore, the hobby, and a little bit of the rules, of course. Right now, we've done the Empire, and this week is the Dwarfs. So that is up on the Patreon right this second. So if you are one of our wonderful patrons, just pop on there and you've got a whole nother episode to listen to. And if you're not, I mean, I don't know. I can't help you, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you listening and really appreciate it all of our patrons. So that's about the only news that I have for you today. So now let's dive in to hobby. Well, everybody needs a hobby. A hobby is supposed to pass the time, not fill it. I did absolutely nothing and it was everything that I thought it could be. I've been painting a lot of stuff for one page rules, specifically one page rules fantasy. And it's awesome. It really is because of my problem. And my problem that I've mentioned on the show before is that I just cannot seem to focus. I am just completely scatterbrained when it comes to this hobby. War games in general, but Warhammer specifically, I just, I kind of love everything. And that makes it really hard to make choices. And for one-page rules, not only do I have all of the old Warhammer fantasy factions, but I've got all of the Age of Sigmar factions, too. And putting together these warbands, it's between 5 and 12 models, generally. So it's, it's not even really that big of a deal, but my father-in-law, who I play one-page with, he wants to try out the campaign rules, which means that I can't just hop from warband to warband like I would normally and just try things out and not worry about it game to game. I have to actually make a commitment. And that's hard. That is so hard. I have gone back and forth trying to figure out 
what faction I want to play for however many games we do this little campaign thing for. And it's been just a nightmare. I think I've got it settled now, though, on Vampiric Undead, which is basically vampire counts for the Warhammer fantasy crowd. But man, it was it was tough. And and we'll see if I change my mind. I've, I've got five models to paint for this campaign force because it starts off quite small and then you kind of add forces, kind of your path to glory type of thing, really, for one page. So we'll we'll see how I do. Right now, I've got on my paint table three black knights and a banshee and a skeleton champion, basically, who is going to lead my warband. So we'll see if I get through those without changing my mind. But it's tough, guys. I don't don't know. (laughs) I really don't. Oh, man. When the old world... Okay, if the old world ever gets here. Because let's face it, at this point, I think it's more of a myth than an actual thing that will exist at some point. But if the old world comes out and if the miniatures are great, then I'm going to be in big trouble because I'm going to want some new minis, probably. I generally want minis. (laughs) And if they're really good, then I'll probably want some of the new ones. But I don't know how I'm ever going to choose what to, to play with this new system. And I mean, hopefully it's the kind of thing that my old army will port easily into, but I'm not holding my breath on that one and uh, not holding my breath at all for the old world at this point. How did I turn this into a rant about the old world? (laughs) I don't know how. Kind of got off topic there. The other thing I wanted to mention in terms of hobby is that we've been thinking about 3D printing, my my father-in-law and I, some 10 millimeter miniatures. And I love the idea of kind of that epic or war master scale gaming. It's really, really something that appeals to me strongly. I love the idea of how fast you can paint and get an army on the table. And just the sheer large scale of it is really cool. I love that dialed back. But it's always been a thing where, you know, everyone kind of plays the 28 to 32 millimeter scale. And it's just hard. You know, sometimes you don't always have the patience or the energy to try and get a game system off the ground with your friends right i kind of thought about getting into something like drop zone commander when that came out and was new and fresh and i was like oh you know what this isn't too expensive i could probably you know get at least one of my friends into this but it's just one of those things right You, you have to make that commitment get the starter set and do all the stuff and but with 3d printing i mean the miniatures are basically free And free is the best kind of miniature that you can get. So I think with that, plus one-page rules, and I'm sorry, every time I'm on doing stuff for the show now, I'm just preaching about one-page rules. But honestly, one-page rules, so great. They do have a option for gaming at smaller and larger scales so that you can take those old epic armies or take those old Warmaster armies and make them work in one-page rules. So that's probably what we're going to do. I'm really looking forward to even just getting my hands on some of those 3D printed 10 millimeter scale miniatures to paint because I I have bought epic stuff over the years with grand intentions of doing all sorts of stuff, but it's it's never happened. But I have painted a bunch of epic stuff and I love it. It paints up so fast. Like you can paint up a rhino in like five minutes. It's awesome. (laughs) It's so cool. I think I play at the wrong scale is, is the moral of this story. Anyway, that was hobby or something like it. Now let's jump in to our main topic. 
So we are talking flagellants. The quit hitting yourself, boys. These guys are great. They've been around basically forever. We're going to look at their history from 3rd edition right up until 8th edition. And they're one of those fun units in the game. That Games Workshop never really decided how they wanted them to work. And it meant sometimes they're great and other times not so much. But we're going to kind of chart their progress over the years here. So starting off in 3rd edition. 3rd edition flagellants are... A bit of a pain because their rules are spread out between the army book and the rule book. And it's a thing with certain units in 3rd edition, things like fanatics and assassins and stuff, where they decided for whatever reason, you know what, we don't really need the rules for these guys with their army list. Let's just put it in the main rule book for reasons. And so that's what they did. Now, in 3rd edition, if you were taking an empire army, you could take 0 to 16 flagellants. And really, when you look at them at first blush, they're bad. They're really bad. They're just a basic human. They're movement 4, weapon skill 3, ballistic skill 3, strength 3, toughness 3, 1 wound, initiative 3, 1 attack, leadership 7, intelligence 7, cool 7, willpower 7. So as average as you can be, there's 8 models per unit, and... They are nine points per model, which is expensive. Now, what I find interesting is that you could have two units of eight flagellants in your army, and that was that was it. That was the limit. That was the upper echelon of the amount of flagellants. It was just a weird number, but it, it was a weird era. I should mention the art for flagellants in third edition is pretty funny. It's a, a dude in a long flowing robe with a chain as a belt, and he's carrying a big spiked club, and... <laughs> I, I can't really explain his expression on his face, but he just to me appears like he's looking at you as if you just stole his sandwich. This is the best way I get it. That. It's, it's just a, a look of shock. Like he cannot believe what he is seeing in front of him right now. He's, he's just looking out at you through the book and so surprised that you look the way you do. <laughs> Now, we get a little bit of fluff with these flagellants. They belong to a sect of religious fanatics common within the Empire. They are to be seen throughout the land, suffering under their strange self-inflicted form of atonement. Those bands which accompany the Imperial armies to battle whip themselves into a frenzy, which they unleash upon the enemy. Flagellants are subject to frenzy and hatred of chaotix. Something interesting there is that it, it kind of tells you some of the rules in the fluff, which is pretty funny. Because it, it doesn't actually say it in the unit option. But it does tell you to see Warhammer Fantasy Battles page 97. So we're going to pop over there. And we are going to see what other things flagellants get. Because at 9 points per model for a guy with a hand weapon, no armor, and just a normal human stat line is a, a terrible deal. Don't do that deal. So we get an entry for them in the rule book as well. And... It gives you four points uh, for the rules. The rules were often in point form in 3rd edition, which I, I kind of like, actually. It, it makes it organizing them quite nice. And so, point one is flagellants are subject to the normal psychological rules given for frenzy. Number two, in addition, flagellants have double their normal number of attacks. Number three, flagellants never wear armor, although some carry shields. And four... 
Flagellants are religious fanatics, and they are subject to the psychological rules given for hatred against units of chaotic troops on the battlefield. Flagellants cost an extra 4 points for their type, added after points for equipment. Now, I believe that points total is already represented in the 9 points per model that the Flagellants are in the Empire Army List, but I can't prove that. It's very non-specific. <laughs> but I cannot possibly see them being 13 points per model. So you'd be forgiven if those first two points of their rules cause a little bit of confusion. Because the first one is subject to frenzy. The second one is, in addition, flagellants have double their normal number of attacks. And the reason why these are separate points is because third edition, frenzy does not grant you an extra attack. So you might have been thinking, oh, well, they have double their normal attacks. They have two attacks plus frenzy, which in the old days doubled your number of attacks. So four attacks, which would be crazy. And yes, it would be crazy. So they don't have that. But what they do have is two attacks, and they may add plus one to their hit score, plus one to their roll to cause damage, so wound, and plus one to any saving throw they make. So they would always have kind of a six up, just to represent the fact that sometimes they'll just ignore it when you stab them. Now, Frenzy is a really weird rule in third edition. You don't always get it. It's not like you start the game with Frenzy and you can have the Frenzy knocked out of you like in other eras. This era is, you kind of test for it. So when you are charging, you would roll 2d6 against the unit's cool value. So their cool is 7. If the score is more than the unit's cool, the entire unit becomes frenzied. And the following rules apply to frenzied troops. So you've got about half a chance with a cool of 7. And... Because of that, it's it's not super reliable. If you get it off, though, these guys are going to be really good because they're going to have two attacks with plus one to hit, plus one to wound, plus they get that kind of shrug save. Not bad for nine points per model, but certainly a, a weird unit. And to find all of their rules is, is quite a quite a journey through the army book and the rule book. It's uh, just one of those things from the era that you look through it and you're just like, couldn't this all have been in one place? And uh, the answer was no. No, it could not. So that's our start for the Flagellans. And like a high school jock, these guys are going to kind of peak early and then peter out as the years go on. We're going to move to 4th edition. And in 4th edition, Flagellants are arguably one of the best choices in the Empire book. Let's start off with the lore, because now moving into 4th edition, lore becomes a bigger, more important part of the story, and we get a few paragraphs, which is nice. The old world is a dangerous and often cruel place, where war, plague, and the vagaries of nature can destroy whole towns and force their inhabitants to become beggars, vagabonds, and brigands. It is probably no wonder that many are driven mad by the terrible hardships that they suffer. Many see their conditions as a sign that the realms of men are about to collapse and that they are living in the last days of a dying world. It is quite common for these hordes of penniless zealots to band together under the leadership of some ranting madman, a preacher of apocalyptic doom. These bands travel the towns and cities of the old world, spreading their nightmarish vision of doom and despondency. When they hear there's a battle brewing, 
Flagellants gather together in, in anticipation of the final apocalyptic conflict. As the armies clash, the flagellants throw themselves into the fray in a gesture of sacrifice and doom. Thanks to their constant hardships, many self-inflicted, flagellants feel almost no pain and are difficult to kill. They are also completely fearless, having long since confronted their own vision of the world's destruction. Nothing holds any terror for them any longer. Now, flagellants in 4th edition are superhuman, basically. There's, there's no other way to put this. Look at this stat line. Movement 4, weapon skill 3, ballistic skill 3, strength 4, toughness 4, 1 wound, initiative 3, 2 attacks, and leadership 10. So for a human in Warhammer Fantasy, I mean, that's wildly cool, right? <laughs> you know, that's pretty elite of a stat line. The weapon skills average, but other than that, they are uh, really, really good. Now, they've got a bevy of special rules here. Firstly, uh, they have a rule around psychology. They are not affected by panic, fear, terror, or any psychology rules. They are far too enwrapped in their own insane vision of imminent doom to be worried about such things. Great. They have a combat rule. Flagellants will fight on in hand-to-hand -hand combat regardless of casualties or circumstances. Flagellants need never take a break test in hand-to-hand -hand combat. They never flee from combat and will fight to the death even if repeatedly beaten by their opponents. And finally, leadership characteristic. As flagellants don't take psychology or break tests, they need no leadership value. In effect, any test taken against their leadership is considered to have been automatically passed. Should a leadership value ever be required for comparative purposes, then use the value as 10. So what makes that so incredible for Hero Hammer is you have a two attack strength four tough four unit that comes with flails right off the hop and they are completely and totally unbreakable. They are the ultimate speed bump. You can ram whatever you want into them and chances are that it won't get through them especially if you bring them in any numbers they are 10 points per model so a little bit more expensive than third edition but in third edition they just had hand weapons uh they also didn't have strength for tough four so what you're getting is a big big upgrade they are just a great unit now the flails probably aren't going to avail you that much and i know it looks great because you've got strength five in the first round of combat you got two attacks you're just like wow these guys they're gonna take things to pieces that's probably not gonna happen and only because they have no armor and their movement of four so they are more likely to get charged than be charging and they're going to die in droves basically, <laughs> is, is the best way to put that. But if you've got a unit of 20 of them, your opponent has to chew through 20 toughness for models, which even in the Hero Hammer era is, is really no joke. So they are, they are a great unit. And in those rare occasions where they do get the charge, you know, even if you've got a front rank of five, that's 10 strength five attacks. It's not too bad from basic uh, regiment. So... They are a wonderful, wonderful unit, and uh, they do actually feature in the Felix and Gotrek story that is in this Empire 4th edition book. Uh, it's, a, it's a really nice kind of look at the entirety of an Empire army, but the Flagellants especially have a, a nice kind of section in that. 
I'm not going to share that today because firstly, it's super duper long. It'd be about probably a 25, 30 minute story. And I've shared that story on the podcast uh, for one of the Christmas story episodes. I believe it was Christmas with Felix and Gotrek, which might have been the first Christmas episode that I did. Uh, so if you're interested in hearing that in its entirety, check that out. So Flagellant's great choice for your regiment in 4th edition and 5th edition, of course, because the Empire didn't get a 5th edition book. There is one major downside to the Flagellants is that they are 0 to 1. So you can't have a big army of Flagellants as cool and annoying as that would be for your opponent. And you can't do the little walls of five flagellants like you can with dwarf slayers uh, just to block all of the charges and that kind of thing. You're not getting away with that, but you can have a nice big beefy block of flagellants to just kind of hold that center, tie up something important while uh, your other units kind of do the work around it. Great, great unit in fourth and fifth. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end, and we got the Great Reset that was 6th edition, which brought us a new era of flagellants. This one is kind of interesting because it's kind of an in-between the 3rd edition and 4th edition stats for flagellants. Now, we're not going to share the lore on this one because, honestly, the lore has not changed substantially enough between editions i we will go back to the lore when we hit eighth edition because it is substantially fleshed out by that point now that beefy flagellant stat line takes a sizable hit in sixth edition as did most stat lines but they do have some upside here so the flagellant is movement four weapon skill two ballistic skill two strength three toughness four one wound initiative three and two attacks with leadership 10. they have a single special rule this time called crazed because they are so demented flagellants are immune to psychology never take break tests and automatically pass any and all leadership tests they are required to take flagellants cannot flee as a charge reaction and will always pursue a broken enemy flagellants may never be joined by any characters so we're still unbreakable which is great and we're still immune to psychology which is great uh we get the cannot flee as a charge reaction of course makes sense and always pursuing broken enemy which i guess always makes sense it's, it's not always what you want but i mean with these guys yeah why not now the weapon skill two hurts uh hurts a lot because of course it's harder to hit certain enemies and it's a lot easier to get hit but you do have that Toughness 4, and Toughness 4 is worth a little bit more, I think, in 6th edition. Everything got toned down a little bit, so that Toughness 4 kind of goes a little bit further than it did in 4th, which is nice. They still carry their flails, so on the charge, you're looking at Strength 4 instead of Strength 5, which is a, a sizable downgrade, but still, like, Strength 4 is very respectable. We're... They made out surprisingly well, actually, is in attacks. Because most infantry and, and cavalry and just about anything that wasn't a character in 6th edition got bumped down in the attacks column, usually to 1. It was, it was quite rare to see anything with 2 or more attacks that wasn't a character. The things that I can think of are, I think, Saurus 
various Saurus and, and these guys. Maybe Chaos Warriors. It's been a while since I looked. But yeah, they're not a, lot, a whole lot in this era that has two attacks. There's a, another big downside to Flagellants in, in this era. Well, firstly, they're 11 points per model for a worse stat line. Uh, you can have a Sergeant now that is a Prophet of Doom uh, for 12 extra points who has three attacks, which, I mean, it's a, it's a lot to pay for an extra attack. I don't know if I would do it necessarily. However, they are a rare choice in the Empire Army. And that's that's a little tough. Now, the Empire Army is not overburdened with rare units. <laughs> Let me put it that way. They have two others, the Hellblaster Volley Gun and, if you take, Dogs of War Mercenaries. Now, the Empire would get a bunch of stuff back in various White Dwarfs, so I think by the end of the edition, they probably had more rare choices than this. Uh, the Empire got absolutely butchered between 4th edition and 6th edition, and it really shows in the rare units. So even though they're a rare unit, and they are 0 to 1 still, so you're not doing more than one unit of them, you can take them in a squad of 5 to 30, you can still probably find a place for them in your army if that fits your playstyle. It's still a big block of an immovable object. And there is value in that pretty much in every edition, right? Just holding stuff up. And that toughness four still works in your favor. And the two attacks, pretty nice. So I still like them in sixth edition. They're not quite what they were in fourth, obviously. But I think you can still work them into your force as well. What I find funny about this specific era of Flagellants, the 6th Ed one, the, the artwork is really good. It's really creepy. You get this horde of Flagellants, and they, they all look like, I mean, well, I mean, they look like ma crazed madmen. Uh, and, and in them, you have this stoic warrior priest just walking beside them with, a, you know, his big hammer, and he's, he's just looking like, you know, he's, he's about to go do some business. And you can't have him join the flagellants in this era so he's he's there in the artwork but you can't actually have him join which is unfortunate because a warrior priest absolutely should be leading a big crazed unit of flagellants so that is my uh, advanced critique of these sixth ed flagellants continuing on into the seventh ed era here we have a big change to flagellants they are downgraded again in terms of stat line. Your new flagellants are movement 4, weapon skill 2, ballistic skill 2, strength 3, toughness 3, 1 wound, initiative 3, 1 attack, and leadership 10. So now we've come more than full circle here, right? So they started off as basic humans with some special rules. Then they got kind of like the roid rage fourth head flagellants that were kind of space marines. And then in 6th edition, they're kind of a hybrid, and now they're worse humans, right? They, they have a worse stat line than just your regular Empire soldier. So they're, they're on quite a ride here. Now, of course, the devil is in the details, and so is the value. Their special rules are now unbreakable, and it just says unbreakable because that is a universal special rule at this point, so everyone knows what that is. Uh, but they have crazed. Flagellants are subject to the rules for frenzy, such as their insanity that they will never lose this, 
even if beaten in close combat. So this kind of marriage between flagellants and frenzy comes back in 7th edition, and it makes a lot of sense, right? Because it gives them their two attacks, which they should absolutely always have, and it covers kind of the stuff that the crazed special rule used to, so always must pursue, that kind of thing. So it does really work well for them in this case. But that's not all you're getting with these flagellants. You also get the end is nigh. For some flagellants, the risk of death in battle is not certain enough. Such martyrs hurl themselves to their death, leaping onto the weapons of their enemies or otherwise sacrificing themselves in as messy a way as possible. At the start of each round of close combat, their own and the enemies, before any blows are struck, declare if the unit is going to sacrifice some martyrs or not. If you decide to go for it, roll a d3 to see how many flagellants grandly sacrifice themselves. These models are removed in the same manner as combat casualties, except that they do not affect the number of flagellants that can fight in that phase and do not count as wounds suffered for combat resolution. Each martyr's death drives the warband deeper into their madness and has the in-game effects listed below. These effects last until the end of the close combat phase and are cumulative, so if three martyrs are sacrificed, all three effects apply. So this is random, of course. You roll a d3, so you, it's not like I, you get to pick or anything. <laughs> one or more of these effects will go off. So on a one, the flagellants hate all enemies. So that's nice with their weapon skill of two because, uh, you know, rerolls are, are a good thing to come by when you're hitting on fours or fives. If two martyrs sacrifice themselves, the flagellants may reroll failed rolls to wound. Also very nice. And three, add plus one to the flagellants combat resolution score at the end of close combat. Uh, it's whatever. I, I'm not overly plused about that because... These guys are going to die in such numbers, you're probably never winning combat. And that's not their job. Their job is to, to die and to die for long enough that your opponent can't do anything else, right? Hold up the enemy. That is their one job. If they happen to kill some enemy, that's a bonus. So yeah, that's kind of a neat random mechanic that they added in. Now, I, you know me, I'm big on random mechanics. I like to have not every unit. I don't think needs random mechanics, but I think at least one or two units in a book could use some fun random mechanics. I like this a lot, actually. I think it's very fluffy. It's very characterful. And it kind of adds the danger back into the unit of flagellants that they kind of lost over the years. Uh, so I like that. I, I like it a lot. Now, in 7th edition, a flagellant's going to cost you 10 points per model. So they've really jumped around that 9, 10, 11 points. And uh, they settle on 10 here. You can still take them in squads of 5 to 30. And they are still armed with flails. Well, the flail is just such a nice weapon. I, I just really like it for, for these guys. And for things like Chaos Marauders and stuff. It's very brutal, right? It's a, it's a good one. Uh, you can promote one flagellant to Prophet of Doom for 10 points. So that's gotten a little bit of a discount from the 12 points in 6th. I still don't know if it's worth it for one extra attack. And now they have a special army organization rule as well, if you look at their entry in the bestiary. If the army includes one or more priests of Sigmar, warrior priests or arch lectors, you may include one and only one flagellant warband as a core unit's choice instead of rare. So that's kind of a neat thing if you're going for 
what is basically like an army of faith kind of thing, right? Where you'd have multiple flagellants. And 7th edition allows you to do that. They are still a rare choice, but they're no longer 0 to 1. So you can load up with them in the rare slot if you don't want any Hellblasters, Hellstorm rocket batteries, or steam tanks. And you probably do. But if you don't, feel free to take as many flagellants as you have rare choices, plus one in the core units. Still keeps you from doing a whole army of flagellants, but gets you closer to it if you want to dream that dream. All right, let's look at our ultimate edition for flagellants. The 8th edition Empire book is uh, a bit of a beast. It's got a lot of units in it, a lot of really, really cool stuff. And flagellants, again, are, are much different than they are in the preceding editions. They're, they're always changing up, and uh, it makes them a very interesting unit to look at here. But let's check back in with the lore, because it has changed up and, and been added to quite significantly. The Empire is a dangerous and often cruel place. Wars, plagues, and predications of terrible monsters can destroy whole towns and force their inhabitants to become beggars, vagabonds, and brigands. All who endure such hardships are hardened by their losses, yet some are driven over the edge of sanity by their suffering. Many of these disheveled wretches see their plight as a morbid sign that the Empire is about to collapse, an irrefutable portent that these are the last desperate days of a dying world. These men revel in their despair, despondent in all things, yet manic in their pronouncements of gloom. Such unfortunates flock like moths to a flame to hear the despairing prognostications of lunatic doomsayers, and in their desperation they join these penniless zealots in their rants about lost hope and the end of the world. Together these deluded bands of flagellants roam the empire at will, spreading their gospel of desolation before them. It is a common sight to see groups of fanatical madmen whipping and beating themselves as they travel from village to village, begging scraps of food as they preach their nightmarish vision of ruin to any who will hear. Whilst some listen to their doom-mongering speeches, many citizens simply ignore them, while others pelt them with rubbish in an effort to make them leave. When word reaches the flagellants that a battle is brewing, they gather together in anticipation of the conflict, believing it to be the final hopeless battle between good and evil. Thus, as armies clash, the flagellants throw themselves into the fray in a desperate gesture of sacrifice and repentance. Although they are mad, flagellants are no cowards. They firmly believe that the end of the world is about to come, and their conviction gives them a maniacal courage. Indeed, many are completely fearless, having long since confronted their own visions of the world's destruction. Nothing holds terror for them any longer. Their madness also gives flagellants great strength and endurance, and they fight with astounding fury and determination. When battle is joined, bands of crazed flagellants beat themselves into a frenzy before charging headlong towards the enemy. They throw themselves into the fray without hesitation, launching themselves against the most hopeless of odds. With howls of doom on their lips and visions of martyrdom in their thoughts, flagellants fight with wild ferocity, swinging their flails at their enemies and leaving trails of blood and woe in their wake. Heedless of danger or injury, these madmen will continue to fight with reckless abandon until each and every one of them lies dead or dying on the battlefield, thus vindicating their belief that the end of the world is indeed nigh. That is a tremendously fun thing to read. <laughs> I think 
the writers had a, a lot of fun with the flagellant entry. Despairing prognostications of lunatic doomsayers is one of my just favorite phrases. I'm going to try and work that into my everyday life. It's going to be a bit of a struggle, but I'm going to I'm going to do my best. Now, on to the rules here. Flagellants change again and they actually get a bit of an upgrade here. They are movement 4, weapon skill 3, ballistic skill 3, strength 3, toughness 3, 1 wound, initiative 3, 1 attack, leadership 7. So that weapon skill 3 is back, and that's a nice big deal for them. Their special rules are frenzy and unbreakable, and now they have a new kind of randomized special rule. The end is nigh. If a unit of flagellants is in base contact with an enemy unit at the start of any close combat phase, the flagellants immediately suffer D6 strength 3 hits. Casualties inflicted in this way are martyrs, and they do not count towards combat resolution. If at least one model is removed as a martyr, the remaining models in the unit immediately gain one of the special rules listed below until the end of the current phase. The exact special rule that applies will depend on the number of models removed as martyrs. One is Fanatical Fury. The flagellants enter a seething fit of rage as they launch themselves at the enemy with an almost unnatural fervor. The unit rerolls all failed rolls to hit. 2-3, to three, Strength of the Pentient. The flagellants' self-inflicted pain lends their blows great power. The unit rerolls all failed to hit and to wound rolls. 4+, plus, Insensible to Pain. Having beaten themselves insensible, the flagellants no longer feel mortal injuries, shrugging aside blows that would cripple a sane man. The unit gains plus one toughness and rerolls all failed to hit and wound rolls. So I don't know how I feel about this one in comparison to the 7th edition rules. I feel like the 7th edition rules were a little cleaner. I don't like the D6 strength 3 hits. It's very just odd. So you've got D6, so you're... Average is probably going to be a three or a four hits. And then half of those will wound against toughness three. So you're really looking at one to two wounds on average. And if you're unlucky, you could get zero, which I, I don't like. I liked how the, the baseline was one for seventh. Here, it is definitely more powerful, but it's also less reliable. But I suppose you're you're generally gonna get at least one and that gives you re-rolls to hit so two attacks at weapon skill three and the way that eighth edition works you're gonna have a big block of these guys so they're actually gonna get to attack so it's not bad that it really isn't bad and then if you get lucky with that four plus you know then their toughness four and they re-roll to hit and wound with flails assuming it's the first round of combat that's that's really good <laughs> that's really good eighth really upped the power level so sometimes I find it hard to judge against some of those earlier 6th and 7th profiles because what things did in 8th was just bigger and, and more deadly and more damaging. I, th I think my favorite part of the 8th edition entry is still the lore because that lore section is, is really fun and really good. Now, Flagellants have also kind of changed their role in the Empire Army in terms of where they fit in. They're now a special unit, which is really nice, but they have gone up to 12 points per model. And at the rate that you lose these guys, which is a lot, right? They are basic humans with no armor. 
Uh, and each turn they're in combat, they're going to take an extra D6 strength three hits. Now those hits fuel them and power them up, but that's still more flagellants that you're losing every turn. Plus what the enemy is killing, which is probably a whole bunch of them. I don't know that I like 12 points per model for them in 8th edition, just because they are so vulnerable to everything, <laughs> everything and anything. That being said, they're still frenzied, they're still unbreakable, they still have a place, and your opponent still has to deal with them, because they can output a decent amount of damage on the charge. Strength 4, 2 attacks, and probably a 95% chance that they're going to at least re-roll the hit with those two attacks. So, yeah, maybe 12 points is appropriate. <laughs> I guess I'm really waffling on these guys. Don't know what to make of them. Maybe uh, if you've used them in 8th edition, let me know how you like flagellants. Actually, if you've used them in any edition, let me know how you used how you like flagellants, because I don't think I've ever faced them. I don't think that's a thing that has happened for me. Yeah, so that is the in-game history of flagellants. They've been to some interesting places. They're quite a standby unit for the empire though right they're always there you know you don't always see them in every empire army but they've they've been there since the beginning and they're such a fun part of the lore it's one of the more grim dark parts of the lore in warhammer fantasy i remember it was one of the interesting classes that you could be i believe in the second edition of warhammer fantasy roleplay you could be a flagellant. And I think the description for it was was pretty bleak. <laughs> uh, I don't think it was a, a class that you you went into to last, right? Like you, you went in there to 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 have fun and, and kill beastmen and uh you know see how long you your your poor guy could uh could could last for. But I think if you're playing a flagellant in Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, you know, you you know what you're getting into. You know this is a character that probably shouldn't survive whatever campaign you're running. One of the interesting things about flagellants, too, is just how widespread they seem to be in the fluff. There's a part of one of the Empire books, and I, I apologize, it might even be in the Warhammer Fantasy rulebook for, like, 7th edition or something. It's a, it's a great kind of full-page piece of these flagellants with like big kind of um, chains in their back and they're pulling, I think it was called the auto memorial for Minheim after the storm of chaos. This is before the the whole kind of retcon, you know, storm of chaos never happened thing. And, uh, and it shows is this big, huge kind of shrine on wheels that they're pulling. But I remember the description of it was that 10,000 flagellants were pulling this thing. And, Sometimes it's easy to forget that the Warhammer world is is so much bigger than our world. It looks like our our world, but I believe that on a on a scale size it is it is much bigger. And populations in the Warhammer world are, are quite large, especially the human populations. And so you have something where you can have like 10,000 flagellants. And what a cacophony that must be. What an awful time. You know, I know like kind of that medieval renaissance lifestyle isn't isn't great as far as entertainment goes but i think i might stay away from that particular parade well i think i've said about all i can say for today on our wonderful flagellant friends so that's gonna about do it for this episode it's really nice to be back and i hope you've enjoyed this one thanks so much for listening and until next time have a great week 
Thanks for listening. You can connect with us on Instagram or email us at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard. Know ye now, the time of mortals has come to an end.